Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Toole. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Toole. Take our Bibles and turn to Revelation chapter 14, the book of Revelation chapter number 14. Uh, and they're in the middle of a storm. Uh, and I know many of us are also uh, in the middle of our own storms, but in Revelation uh, chapter 14. And then also for the lay of the land, uh, we're going to be on that bright, peaceful shore uh, through September to the first week of October. Uh, and then we're going to switch when we complete Revelation. We're going to go into the book of Ruth, uh, the book of Ruth. Five years ago, taught through Ruth. I think it's uh, uh, even more practical, applicable uh, today. Decisions during a famine, decisions during uh, a pandemic. But for now, uh, Revelation chapter 14, look at verse number 1. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him a hundred forty and four thousand, with him a hundred and forty-four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. Having his father's name written in their foreheads. Now, don't miss the contrast. Uh, the verse before this, verse 18, chapter 13, here is wisdom, let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for uh, it is the number of man, and his number is six hundred uh, and threescore and six, 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 uh, six. The contrast is this, uh, Satan numbers them. Satan numbers them, God names them. To Satan, that's all we are is a number. Uh, to the devil, that's our, all we are, that number, that number, that number. But here, to God the Father, we're more than just a number. Uh, in fact, where uh, Satan knows us by a number, God knows us by a name, calls us by his name. In, in fact, he knows my name. Uh, I love that phrase. Satan knows my name, but calls me by my sin. God knows my sin, but calls me by my name. Isn't it good to be a child of God? In fact, put down point number one, if you will, in our passage. Notice first, God's protected people. God's protected people. Uh, we're looking at the 144,000, and of course, we were first introduced to them in chapter 7, verse number 3, when uh, the Bible said, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed 140 and 4,000, 144,000 uh, of all the tribes of the children uh, of Israel. Uh, and those that were sealed for God all the way to here have been protected by God. Uh, those that have been sealed and set apart for God in chapter 7, uh, now every one of them uh, has been protected uh, by God. Though Satan will hunt them and harass them, he'll be powerless against them because God sealed them God sealed them. Uh, God's protecting them. God's preserving them. God knows how to care for those that are his. They are sealed and protected. We are saved, sealed, and protected. Uh, they are sealed and preserved. We are sealed, saved, and preserved. Uh, I think about 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. Sealed, sealed, sealed. You say, Pastor, how are we sealed? Uh, God hath also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. When we're saved, we're sealed. E Ephesians 1, uh, in whom, him, ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of the truth, 
the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believe, ye were sealed, sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And here those 144,000 that were sealed are, are still being protected. They're, uh, they're still being preserved, every one of them, for seven chapters. And by the way, those seven chapters aren't smooth sailing, problem-free chapters. Would anybody agree with that? Uh, they've had to withstand seven trump of those plagues, that, that, those problems, that, that pounding of, uh, of persecution, water turning toxic, masses uh, of humanity killed by Antichrist, uh, demon locusts buzzing, biting. Uh, I'm talking about uh, some of the worst times ever, that storm, that storm that they're passing through, but... But because God sealed them, God's also protecting them. Because God sealed us at salvation, boy, if you're saved, you're sealed by God uh, and protected uh, by God. Uh, the same is true uh, for us in Ephesians 4 when it says, we've been sealed unto the day of redemption. That Well, pastor, how does that get us through problems and storms of our life? Uh, I like First Peter, we're kept by the power of God. We're kept by the power of God. It's not up to us. When we're his children, it's up to him. Uh, he sealed us, he saved us, he protects us. Does everybody have that so far? Number one, God's protected people. By the way, uh, if you've been saved, you're one of God's protected people. Uh, you're one of God's sealed, one of God's saved, one of God's protected people. Uh, what's their response? Look at verse number two. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters, that Niagara Fall roar, that roar of the waters. Now, I heard the voice of many waters. The voice of many waters is the voice of a great thunder. And so Niagara Falls roaring, roaring waters and uh, and now, uh, thunder clapping, and thunder uh, booming, and thunder echoing. God's people are praising God for the protection he gave. Praising him for the protection he gave. Uh, look at it. Uh, the voice of many waters, and, and uh, the voice of great thunder, and, and uh, the voice of harpers harping with their harps. Harpers harping with their harps. I love that. There's, there's musical instruments playing. There's there's a thunderous praise, a clapping and echoing, and there's a roaring of our worship. Look at verse 3. And they sung as it were a new song. Not just a song found in a hundred-year-old hymnal, but a new song. Not just a song that we've sung so many times we turn off our brain as we sing it. We don't think about him when we sing it. Here, they sung as it were a new song before the throne. They're praising God for the protection he gave. They're praising God for the protection he gave. Uh, how long has it been since you've praised God for the protection he gave? Now, we understand the protection that's on God's side. Uh, we understand that the preservation uh, that's on God's side, but the praising that's on our side. Uh, a heart of gratitude. A heart of appreciation as we think about how good God's been to us. We lift our voices together collectively saying, I am redeemed. Uh, 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 praising uh, the Father and uh, the songs that we uh, sang today. Boy, it's almost as if the Niagara waters, that roar of worship as the angels join in. Uh, the, 
the booming and clapping of thunderous praise as uh, all of heaven joins in. Uh, the harpers harping their harps, the musical instruments playing out. Look at verse 4. These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed. These 144,000, they're saved. This 144,000, they're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Look at it. These were redeemed from among men, uh, being the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. Uh, and then their mouth was no guile, not defiled, no guile, not defiled, no guile, for they're with, without fault before the throne of God. Uh, there's some positives. They've been redeemed. Uh, they follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. There's also uh, the absence of negatives. They're not defiled. Uh, they're they're uh, no guile. Uh, they, they are without fault. Uh, I think about 1 Peter chapter 1 where it talks about, ye were not redeemed with corruptible things uh, as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. They're redeemed, were redeemed. They were saved, were saved. Uh, and if you're saved, you're sealed, you're protected, you're preserved by God, we need to be lifting our praise to Him uh, you're not redeemed with corruptible things, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Uh, listen, uh, this is not up to us. This is up to God. Our salvation has never been up to us. Uh, our salvation has always been up to God. Uh, I like how Jude 24 puts it. Now unto him that is able, he is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. And by the way, we're talking about God's protected people. They're sealed. They're sealed. We're sealed. Uh, they're redeemed. We're redeemed. If you're saved, you're sealed. You're protected by God. Uh, I also think it's interesting, if you put down the next couple quickly, they had the Lord on their mind. The Lord was on their mind. The Father's name written in their foreheads the Father's name in their hearts, in their heads, the Lord was on their mind. Uh, a song was on their lips. Uh, not just the Lord on their mind, but a song was on their lips. They sung, as it were, a new song before the throne. Uh, and the Lamb was in their sight. Uh, the Lord on their mind, a song in their lips, the Lamb in their sight. Uh, they, they followed the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. For consider him, consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest thou be wearied and faint in your own mind. Listen. When that storm's raging the worst, that's when we need to be focused on the Lord more than ever. Focused on the Lamb more than ever. Uh, than ever. And so the Lord on their mind, song in their lips, lamb in their sight. Put down number four, there's sincerity in their speech. There is true sincerity uh, in their speech. <clears throat> Verse number five, and in their mouth was found no guile. God's protected people, these 144,000, God's protected people, all who are safe, all who have come to Christ. But understand, God really does want all people to be his people. He wants to protect 
all the people. Don't miss this. God wants all people to be his people. He wants to protect all the people. Uh, But the fact of the matter is the choice isn't uh, up to him. The choice is up to us. He's done everything he can. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He wants all people to be his people, and that brings us to point number two, God's proactive witness. Uh, We saw God's protected people. That's them. That's us. Uh, And because he wants all people to be his people, uh, we see God's proactive uh, witness. God always has been witnessing to man. God always has been reconciling lost humanity from creation. Creation proclaiming, Romans 1, 20, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world. They're clearly seen, being understood by the things that were made even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Uh, And so he's always proactively witnessing with creation, proclaiming with the church, propagating the gospel for the last 2,000 years. Creation for all of these years, and now the church for 2,000 years, propagating the gospel. But then in Revelation 7, how about those 144,000 witnesses that are presenting the gospel, creation, uh, uh, proclaiming, and then the church propagating, and then uh, 144,000 presenting, uh, and then the two witnesses portraying the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection, death, burial, and resurrection. God's always been witnessing. Why? Because he wants all people to be his people. Well, he's been drawing. He's been, with grace, uh, drawing all of humanity with creation proclaiming, the church propagating, 144,000 presenting, the two witnesses portraying, look at verse 6, and then, look at verse 6, and then I saw another angel, an angel of God flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach, to preach. Do you ever think about the great lengths God has gone to to reconcile us back to him. Well, he wants us to be saved. He wants us to be sealed. Creation uh, proclaiming. The church propagating. And then 144,000 presenting. And then the two witnesses portraying. And then an angel of God. Boy, if someone would write it in the clouds. If they'd write it in the clouds. Hey, God's going to write it in the clouds. An angel preaching. Look at verse 6. Then I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach, to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, to every nation and every kindred and every tongue and every people. You see, he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But we'll soon see, uh, even when an angel writes the gospel in the sky, there are so many that still refuse to repent, so many that'll still be blaspheming God. Why, they shake their fist at him. They say, I don't want him in my life. And God, God honors their request. God honors their request. And so we see God proactively witnessing throughout the years. 
throughout the years. Verse 8, I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach uh, unto them that dwell on the earth, every nation and kindred and tongue and people. But uh, not just proactively witnessing on the positive side, he also is proactively warning those that don't. Those that don't. Now look at it in verse number uh, verse number uh, uh, 8. And there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, uh, economic Babylon in chapter 17, and then religious Babylon in chapter uh, 18. Both are going to fall. Uh, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations to drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, 9. And the third angel followed them and gave the worst news ever. Uh, not just proactively witnessing, but now here, the backside, the flip side, the, the other side of the coin, proactively warning. Uh, God on the one side saying, uh, if you get saved, then you'll be sealed, and, and I'll be with you every step of the way, protecting you, but if you don't. But if you don't. Uh, look at verse number 9. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man, if any man, uh, if any man, not, uh, not, he doesn't say, uh, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture had said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. He doesn't say that. Uh, if any man, uh, if any man, uh, he doesn't say, I am the door. If any man enter in, he shall be saved. doesn't say that. Uh, he doesn't say, John 12, uh, if any man serve me, him will my father honor. doesn't say that. Uh, he doesn't even say, uh, if any man be in Christ, if any man, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. He, he doesn't even invoke Revelation chapter 3 where, where John's already seen. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, if any man, if any man hear my voice and, and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him uh, and he with me. Uh, he doesn't say that because he's already been proactively witnessing. Here he's proactively warning. Look at it. If any man worship the beast in his image, if you bought into the system, if you are rejecting Christ, you're not, you're not receiving the lamb, uh, 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 if you uh, uh, the, his image uh, and receive the mark in his forehead or in his hand the same shall look at it drink of the wine of the wrath of God which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation and, and he shall he shall uh, again I don't think that this necessarily directs their destination uh, as much as it displays their destination uh, last chapter we saw the ones that do this are the ones that aren't written in the Lamb's book of life. Uh, the ones that do this are the ones that have never trusted Christ. Uh, it's not just, i got to refuse to get that mark, and uh, i got to refuse to bow to him. Hey, I get that that's kind of a, an outpouring of their rejection, uh, of their, their rejection of God, uh, but look at it. Uh, he's warning them, if that's you, uh, you shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, by the way. If you're saved, God's wrath has already been poured out on your sins. Uh, when the Lord took your cross, Jesus, uh, when Jesus died in your place, 
Uh, when the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all, that's when God poured out his wrath, judged your sins there. But uh, if you don't receive him and you say, well, I'm going to pay for my own sins, here you go. Uh, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God poured out without mixture in the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire, brimstone, presence of the holy angels, and the presence of the Lamb, 11. Uh, and the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever and ever and ever. Uh, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast in his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark uh, of his name. Uh, let me simply put it this way. Those who receive Christ, heaven. Those who reject Christ, hell. As simple as I can put it. Those who receive Christ, heaven. Those who reject Christ, hell. John 1. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, sealed and protected, saved and preserved. To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And God loves you so much, he's been witnessing and witnessing and witnessing and witnessing and witnessing those parents that told you that Sunday school class that was teaching you, witnessing and witnessing the church service today uh, that's proclaiming to you, why those who receive Christ, heaven, those who reject Christ, hell. By the way, uh, if someone rejects Christ, they will end up in hell. Keep in mind, they'll be in a place where they were never meant to be. They were never meant to be there. Uh, in Matthew chapter 25, uh, the, the Bible says that, that hell, everlasting fire, uh, was prepared for the devil and his angels. It, it wasn't made for them. It wasn't made for those that reject Christ. It was made for the devil and his angels. But those who receive Christ, heaven, those who reject Christ, hell. You see, if you reject Christ, if you passively don't ever receive Christ, if you say, I want to live my life without Christ, God will allow that to happen, live your life without Christ. But if you die living your life without Christ, you'll do so for eternity. God proactively witnessing. God proactively warning. Proactively witnessing. God proactively warning. He's done everything in his power besides force you. Besides force you. Uh, and a forced love isn't love at all. A, a forced love. And so uh, he warns you. He's paid the price for you. He draws you with his grace and when a person rejects, rejects, well, I don't want Christ in my life. I don't want Christ in my life. Then, then God will honor that, but, but he'll be outside of your life for the rest of eternity. Is anybody with me on this? Uh, we have God's protected people. If you are sealed, if you're saved, you're sealed. And if you're sealed, you're protected. And then God's proactive witness. Uh, look at the hope, though. Look at verse 12. Here is the patience of the saints. Or here's how we uh, are patient through problems. Here's how we uh, are patient through those plagues. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Here it is. And I heard the voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, 
Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. Okay? Uh, dying in the Lord is more blessed than living without Him. Dying in the Lord is more blessed than living without Him. Okay, let me put it this way. For Christians, this is as bad as it gets. <laughs> For Christians. Uh, for Christians, uh, I get the stress and the problem financially and all the upheaval times or persecution. But for Christians, this is as bad as it gets. For those that have never received Christ, for you, this is as good as it gets. And, and so he loves you so much, proactively witnessing, and then uh, he also loves you so much, he's proactively uh, warning. Dying in the Lord is more blessed than living without him. Put down number three, God's promised return. God's promised return. Quickly, 14, and I looked and behold a white cloud and upon the cloud he uh, ascended in a cloud, he'll return in a cloud. One like unto the Son of Man, Son of God, Son of Man, one of the titles of, uh, of who he is, having on his head a golden crown, a victor's crown, a king's crown, a royal crown, a conqueror's crown. I love the fact that John doesn't see him this time uh, as a babe in a manger. He doesn't see him this time uh, as a humble Jewish rabbi. He doesn't see him this time uh, as the son of Mary. Uh, he sees him this time as the son of God, uh, as a, the king of kings, as, as the Lord of lords, as the one who will reign for all of eternity. But he sees him this time as that, and he will return to reclaim his kingdom as the king. Look at 14 again of kings. And I looked, and behold, a white cloud upon the cloud, one uh, sat like unto the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown. And for the rest of the chapter, he gives the results of receiving the Redeemer compared to rejecting the Redeemer. Uh, he gives the contrast, the results of those who receive the Redeemer and those who reject the Redeemer. 14 through 18, he invokes the parable of the wheat and the tares. Let both go, grow together and at the day of judgment, then they'll be separated then. But then, verse number 19, he goes from, from grain to grapes. Look at 19. And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth, gathered the vine of the earth, cast into the great winepress of the wrath of God. Great winepress of the wrath of God. And the, the winepress was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the winepress. Even under the horse's bridles, the space of 1,600 furlongs, uh, it's talking about that final battle, the Battle of Armageddon, uh, the place without the city, Valley of Megiddo, without the city, the place, the pain, uh, it was trodden underfoot. Uh, it was trodden to crush with the feet, to crush uh, under the feet. Hey, listen, we'll either bow at his feet or we'll be crushed under his feet. Uh, we'll either uh, be, be crushed under his feet or we'll be cradled in his arms. And the contrast, the contrast, those beautiful feet are also feet of brass. They're also the feet, one foot on the land and one foot uh, on the sea. They're also the blessed feet that walked out of the tomb. They're those blessed feet that that, that alabaster box, that ointment poured out. Uh, they're the feet that, that took my cross, that nail through his feet in my place, dying for my sins. Have you ever received him for salvation. 
you want to put your outline away, I want to give you two verses and just talk to you for a few minutes to, to close the service. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 19, and 2 Corinthians 5, verse number 21. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. We talked about creation proclaiming and the church propagating. God was in Christ reconciling, uh, basically meaning reconnecting our relationship with him. Because we've all sinned, come short of the glory of God. Uh, because our sin separates us uh, from God, the gospel is what reconciles, reconciles. Look at it, verse 19. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses uh, unto them. Uh, not imputing their trespasses unto them. Uh, and then 21, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Listen close. On that day, God treated him as though he lived my life. So that at salvation, God will treat me as though I lived his life. Uh, imputing, imputing. God imputing my sin to him. For he hath made him to be sin. Jesus Christ became sin, our sin. The Lord hath laid on him the sin, the iniquity of us all. And so on the cross, uh, let's see, uh, uh, every sin I've ever committed, okay, every sin I've ever committed, and then uh, every temptation I've ever taken, and then uh, every lust I've ever had, and then uh, every enticement I've ever given into, and then uh, every angry attitude I've ever harbored, and then uh, every bitterness I've ever nurtured, and then uh, every wrong I've ever done, well, he takes my list of sins, my record of sins, my sinful life, uh, and the Lord laid it on the Lord Jesus Christ. God the Father put it, the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's why he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Uh, because the sins of the entire world on the cross were laid on him. God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, made him to be sin for us. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. All we like sheep have, have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way, but the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. My sin imputed to him, uh, and that's the, the better known part. Uh, that's the uh, understandable part, but that's only half of the part. <laughs> because uh, on the cross, my sins were imputed to him, but at salvation, his righteousness was imputed to me. He hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Uh, and so on this side of the ledger, every sin I've ever committed, and every temptation I've ever taken, and every lust I've ever had, and every enticement I've ever given into, and every angry attitude I've ever harbored, and every bitterness I've ever nurtured, every wrong I've ever done, he paid for it all on the cross, so that at salvation, at salvation, every temptation he ever triumphed over, every good work he ever did, every righteous act he ever lived, every purity he ever possessed, every holiness he ever had, every integrity of truth he ever was, so that at salvation, his righteous record was placed on mine. Does that make sense to anybody at all? He hath made him to be sin for us 
who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Not having my own righteousness, which is after the law, but that which is through faith of Christ. The righteousness of God by faith. I like Romans 10 when it says, Brethren, my heart's desire, Paul said, and prayer for Israel is that they might be saved. And let me say this, the vast majority here are saved, but my heart's desire and prayer for Rosedale uh, is that every one of them might be saved. For they, he goes on, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness. But understand, there's none righteous, no, not one. It's not by works of righteousness which we have done. All our righteousness is as filthy rag. And so they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish our own righteousness, well, if I keep this rule, if I do this act, I join this church, if I live this way, going about to establish our own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so the sins of the entire world, he's the propitiation for our sins, not for ours only, but for the sins of the entire world. But having our sin removed isn't what gets us to heaven. Having the righteousness of Christ on our record is what does. And so, on the cross, he took all of that, but when I bowed my head and I opened my heart and said, Jesus, as best I know how, I'm putting all of my faith, all of my trust in what you did on the cross for me. Jesus, I'm asking you to save me. That's when his righteousness was placed on my record. On that day, God treated him as though he lived my life so that at salvation on this day, God treats me as though I lived his life. Well, it's a substitutionary death. It's my sins imputed to him. It's his righteousness imputed to me. Again, has there ever been a time where you trusted, received the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation? And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.